This episode of Unguilty Pleasure is proudly sponsored by my friends at Nomo, the UK's leading vegan and free from chocolate. Nomo is dairy-free, gluten-free, free from egg and nuts. So anybody with allergens or someone like me, a vegan, it is perfect. Caramel and sea salt is my favorite flavor. It's that kind of light green aqua colored wrapper. Ooh, if you see it, get it. It's so, so good. Nomo is available in the free from aisle at Tesco, Asda Morrison's, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett, honestly anywhere, and on their website, nomochoc, N-O-M-O-Choc.com. Use the discount code UNGUILTYPLEASURE for 10% off the whole Nomo website. And thank you so much, Nomo, for sponsoring the podcast. Bye-bye. What's it pleasure? What's it tea? Let's spend love and positivity. Good vibes on this party scene. No, shame it again, cause we own it all. I'm guilty pleasures with Christopher Hall. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unguilty Pleasure with me, Christopher Hall. This week, my unguilty pleasure, I have been resisting Disney Plus for, what, a year? Just over a year. A bit over a year since it came out. I just haven't needed it. Haven't wanted it. I was like, I'm not going to subscribe to another streaming service. Um, But I did. And you know what? I've gone back and I'm watching... All of that So Raven from the beginning. I just love it. I'm not ashamed. We're watching all those. I'm going to start Boy Meets World as well. Oh, from the beginning, as an adult, Boy Meets World holds up. It really, really does. My conversation this week was with a work colleague and a great friend. She is an absolute light to be around. Our conversation was... I knew she'd be a fantastic guest, but our conversation was just 10 times better than I could have ever anticipated. Please welcome the angel that is Jess McKee into your ear holes. All right, everybody, we are ready to go. Oh, just as she takes a gulp of water. (laughs) Please welcome to the podcast, fitness professional, newly qualified therapist, mental and physical health advocate, and all-round ray of sunshine. Jess McKee, everybody. Thanks, Chris. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I feel very excited. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. I just have to chat to you. Yeah, I'm so, I'm very excited to chat to you too. Not that we don't chat in normal life. I know, but busy lives, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Exactly, exactly. Um, So we... Um, our colleagues at work, yep. at um, the fitness studio, and friends. Yeah, we are friends, uh, but we kind of met more online, maybe initially, because I started working at um, One Rebel just before lockdown, yeah. and we kind of missed. There's so many interrupters, so many studios. We kind of missed each other a little bit, and then we got chatting over lockdown three um, when I started putting my. Uh, Visual pieces. Wonderful videos. (laughs) Lifeline. Yeah. Up on on the socials. And we realised that we like loads of the same stuff. We loved each other. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All the same pop culture and all the same kind of messages. And what we were wanting to put out, we kind of really felt aligned in that sense, which was so nice. Yeah, definitely. I think it was the... The fun and obviously your hilarious videos, but also your messages. Just I really resonated with every angle and everything you put out there. Yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> I always remember that time. That for that, uh, we did a big group Zoom with everybody at work, and um, you were taking a class, and you kind of went, "Oh my god, Chris, hi!" Um, did it? You sort of did it, and then you went, "Do you feel pressure to put a video out every day?" I was at the time. <laughs> yeah. It was at the time when I really did, um, because yeah. now I've kind of eased into it, and I, I met. I was like, um. <laughs> Haha, <laughs> maybe. And then I messaged you afterwards. I was like, I'm really sorry if that came across a bit um, like cold or whatever, but I am kind of feeling the pressure a little bit. No, no. Um, and you were like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not the best context for me to ask that question, but I was like, there's Chris, be funny. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it was so good. It was, it was cute. Um, so this podcast is all about feeling good and ways in which anyone or everyone can elevate their mood or just keep themselves in a good vibration. What is something you've done, uh, what you do routinely or mm. maybe really specifically today or this week? Mm. can be anything that you've done to make yourself feel good. So actually, I last week or like the last few days, I felt quite on edge and a bit ratty. Mm. And I realised it's because... So I was like, what's going on? What have I let drop? And for me, movement for myself is so important. Yeah. So today, just making sure I pencil in some time to go to the gym, to train for myself, you know, not just getting my steps in on my commute or doing this as part of something else, but actually just honouring that time for myself. Mm -hmm. So that for me is key. And I really notice when that drops off. So making that time this morning has just made the world of difference. Mm. So definitely movement. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be like a killer workout. It can literally just be a walk, but something that's purposeful for, for me. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> this is so... I don't know if this is so boring, but I felt <laughs> this week I just I wanted to make a really nice vegetable soup. And I don't no. know about you, but do you ever have like a juice or a soup and you feel like a new human? Oh, the way, I, the way it, it's like a, a <laughs> cup full, but you're like, oh, I've, read, I've, written, I've written every wrong <laughs> yeah. from the weekend. <laughs> exactly. So I made this big vegetable soup and yeah, that's just felt really nourishing. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, my housemate actually... We'd both had a bit of a heavy weekend and my housemate came in. She was like, I'm making a green juice. Do you want one? And we were like, yes. oh, this is completely fixed us of <laughs> yeah. all, like, the wrongs of the weekend yeah. that ever. Love it. I, I think it's um, so important in a profession where you do give your time to other people so much. It can so easily slip uh, the time dedicated to yourself. hundred percent, hundred percent. And because we, we are active, so you kind of like, we're not not getting out there and, and being active so you can kind of get away with it in a way but it's different when it's that time honored for you isn't it yeah definitely yeah definitely um so you've just qualified as a therapist yeah congratulations um how has that process been in a kind of molding it into your like life as an adult because you've i you weren't you know full-time at like university mm -hmm. younger yeah, yeah um and i guess how maybe why did you do that and how do you think it ties in with your fitness um your career as a fitness professional yeah um so w one of the reasons I chose the course I did a because it was integrative which is the style of therapy that I was into mm -hmm. but also because it was part-time although Sometimes it felt pretty full time. <laughs> um, so it really fit around my lifestyle. You know, it was a Wednesday evening 
um, till 8pm and then every third Saturday we do like an eight-hour lecture day. And then in and around that you do your um, client hours so you get a placement and you work you do your clinical hours and you do your research and stuff. So as an adult, really fitting quite well with mm. with work and stuff. And there's people on the course who work in nine to five and fitting it in. You know, our job in fitness is quite flexible. Yeah. Um, but people were doing it at lots of different ages and stages. So that yeah. was really cool, actually. Um, and yeah, so the reason I got into it, I just, I mean, there's loads of reasons. Number one, therapy for me has been a massive part of my life and um I just feel like it's such an honor to kind of be in that world and and potentially help someone else help themselves in ways that I've had from my therapist but also because I got into the fitness industry it's always been really important to me to focus on the mind before the body so kind of shaping the mind rather than focus on shaping the body. Mm. Um, And whereas I was really qualified to teach fitness and I had lots of different, you know, level whatever and this and this and this and lots of different experience, I felt like I was just carrying my own experience when it came to mental health. And I wanted to kind of bulk that understanding up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. um, And just kind of give it more weight, give it more meaning when I said, you know, I'm in this industry, but I see physical and mental health equally if not a little bit more weighted to the mental yeah. side of things um but my qualifications didn't quite reflect that so sure. I just wanted to do something about that yeah 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 fab I think it's so easy to kind of yeah tick off fitness qualifications and you can not easy but it's very um obvious you know level two level three and then you can train in this particular skill or that you know spin or boxing or hit and you some suddenly you're like fitness um qualifications and uh knowledge can grow quite considerably yeah but that's so um to like put it put down on paper I need to bulk out the other side of it the mental health to really be able to stand on two feet and have enough to back it up yeah it's so important yeah definitely and I feel really grateful that I had the opportunity to do that I think that's one of the good things about doing it as an adult as well you know you're working so it's more affordable Mm -hmm. things like that um I don't I don't overlook the fact that I'm really lucky to have had that that choice but yeah there is lots of help and support out there but Mm. I just think any sort of the more knowledge the better whether that's reading from libraries or qualifications but just the more we know like knowledge is is power isn't it I think it's so great that the fitness industry is heading in a in a direction less about aesthetics and less about having an eight pack and having you know massive tiny or massive bodies but working out for you working out to improve your mental health um as a yeah Yeah, I think there's a lot of work to do still. I think there's a lot of kind of unpacking. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I I think it's brilliant. I I do still think there's a lot of work. So, I mean, each their own. Some people will work out purely for aesthetics and some trainers and companies will completely promote that. Um, I find it more problematic when it's more kind of subtle and like oh we're supposed we're we're for mental health but it's not really it's a bit confused but we're still learning we're still growing you know we're realizing that actually 
health doesn't necessarily mean leaner or smaller. Totally. And that is becoming, you know, we're getting more awareness around that. You can have someone who ticks the box of what it means to look healthy, but can be super unhealthy, super miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just broadening that and also there's more longevity to it. You know, if, if you get the six pack, then what? Then you kind of give up and then you get into this vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, that's when it can become really, really toxic and an industry that has the potential to be so good and useful has also the potential and has been quite toxic totally. and harmful. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a lot of work to do because there's such ingrained messages. Yeah. And, and also when people are like, well, you know, what's the harming me wanting to look good? Then there's always the extra layer of, okay, but who's giving you the messages of what is what looks good. Good or not, yeah. What's good mm-hmm. and where are you getting that idea from? Yeah, and why? And the reason why you want to look good e- exactly. is a big thing to ask yourself. Yeah. Is someone telling me that I need to look good, beach body, summer body? Exactly. I have this body all year round. Like, why do I need... Yeah, it's... Um, so there's so much There's so much work to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, no, people don't don't care about aesthetics, but there's just so much more. It's, it's reduces. It reduces movement, fitness, exercise down to like this tiny grain. Right. You know, and it's so much more than that. Definitely. Um, Something that I found really inspiring over uh, lockdown three was the community that you kind of created through your social media. It was the Healthy Space and Ugly Runners Club, which I think is the (laughs) most hilarious, perfect name. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that and... Uh, I guess especially where the future of those communities, uh, what you see for the future of those communities post-lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's really interesting, actually, because both of those things existed before lockdown, but massively changed shape during lockdown. Um, So Ugly Runners Club, it's just, I feel like I lie to people when I say that because it's just been magic throughout yeah. lockdown um so ugly runners club basically is what it says on the tin mm-hmm. i am someone in the fitness industry i've been in the fitness industry for a decade and i'm not really like a natural born runner but mm-hmm. i really enjoy the benefits of running how it makes me feel yeah but even someone who's been in the industry for so long i'm intimidated by some running groups and i'm like if i feel like that and this is my kind of area like, how do other people feel? Right. So I just wanted to create a space where people can come running and where success is celebrated in lots of different guises. So obviously in fitness, there's the obvious things like the speed, distance, you know, measures of what, what success is. And in certain areas, that's amazing. And if you're like a paid athlete and you don't hit that time, that means something. Yeah. That's <clears throat> that's a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. But I find like it's so disheartening when I hear people like they go out for their 5K and they get home and maybe this week it's two minutes slower mm-hmm. than last week and then they feel rubbish. Yeah. And I'm like, you should never come home from a run and feel rubbish. Yeah. Like it's always a good thing. You've done it. it you went... You've done it. Yeah. And unless your paycheck or your reputation as an athlete is is dependent on that, take the pressure off and just celebrate it. You know, like people say, oh, they're a good runner. And it's like they're good because they're fast. But what about, I don't know, like the new mom 
who's making time for themselves twice a week to get out and run or mm-hmm. the person that absolutely hates it and finds it really, really hard but does it anyway. Yeah. Or, like, the person who is rehabilitating from an injury. or Like, to me, that's a, they're good runners as well. I love that as well, especially I try and really celebrate when people come to class. You came. Like, yeah. you, you did, just by booking in and coming, mm-hmm. I actually don't my I mean please listen to my instructions and do it safely and do it well yeah but especially through our doors I feel we have such a wide range of clients yeah that just by coming and as you say moving you know enjoy the bright lights enjoy the loud music you've done the hard part by just getting here completely and it's like sometimes you know, sometimes it's not going to feel as easy as other, as other days. And those those days should never be discounted. And actually, I sometimes celebrate those days more because I, I say this in my classes a lot, but it's, you know, when you're feeling good and fresh and, like, strong and you show up, that's great. But when you're feeling weak and challenged and you show up, that's incredible. Yeah, you still get it done. You still, And it's not to say, you know, that you that you should hammer your body when you're tired because I believe in rest. But I, that's why I think take the pressure off. Mm. Really tune in because some days you might just want to go and be on 40%. Yeah. Some days you've got... If you listen to your body, you can move more. And I think that the one of the things about ugly runnerism, also with the way we teach, is that when people don't feel 100%, they shy away from exercise and movement then. Yeah. And then a week can pass, and two weeks, then they get this kind of fear. But if you just take the pressure off and just go with how you're feeling, then it can be a much more long-term kind of routine element of your life. Yeah, and it can complement your life for a longer period of time. It doesn't have to be this huge, um, you know, exactly, we keep saying the word pressure, but this huge weight that's over you like I have like I have to do this and and reach this uh specific goal like if you exactly as you said if you're not a professional athlete you're just someone who wants to be healthy yeah let's just enjoy it yeah totally like take the pressure off so with ugly runners one of our kind of mottos is that we recognize that runs and life get ugly Mm -hmm. and we celebrate that and there's no sort of you don't have to show up and be like yeah I smashed it today you can be like that sucked yeah like that was so hard and and that's fine and that's great and that's celebrated and we also so we have a coffee every Sunday at 11 after our run so we, it's remote now because mm-hmm. of lockdown. So people go off and they do their do their runs. Then we meet on Zoom at eleven, and we always have like a really sort of uncensored check in as well. Just like, how was your week? How's it going? And people know that in that space they can be completely honest mm. as well. And it's become such a lovely, supportive community throughout lockdown. And yeah, I'm. You know, I, I I feel like I kind of created it, but they they cultivated that space. Yeah. And it's, um, yes, it's been great. So it's about fitness and movement and mental health and just honesty, really. Yeah, I love it. And what about the healthy space? Yeah, so the healthy space, um, Chris, honestly, the healthy space has been an idea of mine since I was about 18. Mm. I know, like two years ago. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Literally last but, week. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's actually a really, really old idea. Um, and basically, just about bringing fitness and, and mental well-being together. Mm. Um, 
actually when I was 18 it was a bit different I just wanted to kind of have fun and dance around then things shifted a lot in my late 20s um early 30s and about five years ago I bought the domain name for the healthy space but I think and I started to do workshops so in the workshops it was all about bridging the gap between mental and physical health so doing like something really sweaty doing some yoga doing some mindfulness um and then lockdown came and also I decided to kind of put a pin in it until I'd done my qualification yeah so that was my kind of priority um but then throughout lockdown I was like I just want to create workouts for people and a community that isn't based on aesthetics it's just going to help people to keep moving throughout lockdown basically Mm -hmm. um so that was where that came from um so again with that um that will go on to change shape throughout I know that's something that I will progress with yeah. in different sort of shapes, whether that's going back to in-person workshops and things like that. And we've still got a book club that, that we do every week. Yeah, nice. Um, which always focuses on a book that's based around some sort of mental well-being chat. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like an umbrella thing, really. But I'll just see where it goes. It's kind of a bit organic. Yeah, it's got the legs to be almost anything you want it to be yeah and yeah. it's always been there it's just it's just taking shapes but I've got lots of ideas but I wanted to get the qualification so yeah yeah I'm excited to see where that goes that's so exciting and it could go anywhere yeah I think just in hearing you talk um I don't know how your you know fitness journey or training journey mm. and talking about ugly runners club and things like that it can be so consuming, mm. um, you know, being the fittest, being the biggest, mm. being the most shredded, mm. eating the healthiest, all this kind of stuff. And I think something that I've had um, had to really take time to process and let go of is how fluid your life in general is, totally. but then how fluid your relationship to different things, but in this case, we're talking about fitness, has to be and can mm. be. And I think, you know, when I was younger, I used to, I used to eat, you know, chicken and broccoli mm. eight days a week for three meals and then, yeah. like, have this massive binge. But, like, I thought that was, like, great. And I would, you know, lift weights in the gym all the time. And then when I sort of just got bored of lifting weights, I, I, was, I got so down on myself mm. and be like, you know, this is... Um, you know, you're failing, you, you know, you're not, you're not as big as you were, you're not as this mm. as you were, da, 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 da. But then you kind of realise, oh, I now work out in this way or I move in this way mm. and I take care of myself in this way as just life progresses. And I think it's lovely that the space you created is so like, we don't not like targets or we mm. don't not like this or we don't not like this, but this can be something that can be fluid and complements your life as opposed to being this huge uh thing that consumes you yeah completely Chris I think that's such I think that's such an important point like this being fluid because like you said we it targets and and goals and things that are really helpful really fun and but it's having that adaptability to know that you're not going to always be like that at every stage in your life and there's going to be things good good or not so good reasons why you can't you know Mm -hmm. you might have an operation you might have whatever it is that if you only look at well I used to be able to lift this or run at this pace or do this it makes everything else seem redundant but it's having that fluidity really helps us to always celebrate that and and be kind to ourselves yeah which is so important yeah definitely um 
so uh, on this podcast, we like yeah. um, all kinds of things spiritual. We like all kinds of things a little bit witchy woo. Love it. Um, I was just wondering if do you is there anything that you implement in your life that's a little bit spiritual? Um, <laughs> I love that. I, to be fair, I'm kind of open to all things. Yeah, I'm not a very like routine ritual kind of girl. Yeah. I <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's like self-employment, always having different oh, days I hear it. and yeah, like yeah. just crazy lifestyle. But I feel like I've got more of a toolbox of things that I can go to rather than any sort of set rituals or routines, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Totally. So I feel like, for me, definitely yoga mm-hmm. I was about to say, is, yeah. is a huge one. Um, mainly sort of yin yoga and and meditation and mindfulness because... Working in fitness, my life is very yang, as you know, and there's lots of like physical stuff happening. So it's to kind of water that down a bit and have that yin and have that time out. Um, so that for me is massive. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I was more routine with it, but being honest, I'm not. But I can really feel when I, I need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have it. When you do need it, you have the tools to implement exactly yeah. and and to take the time and do that and even if you just grab a load of cushions off the bed you know it's like a bolster or whatever and I think that smell is really important for me mm. so uh, there's certain smells that I'll like candles that I'll use when I want to chill out that I wouldn't necessarily have lit any other time so it's kind of I've got that connection in my brain okay now is chill out time so smell yoga um yeah, that's they're probably my like main go-to, but I'm always up for try, trying anything. Yeah, um, and like exploring any sort of ideas. Yeah, I think that's the best way to be. Honestly, open to whatever comes your way. Yeah, definitely. And just giving things a go. I love I love reading as well. I think no, no, that's not particularly witchy. Well, it depends on the content. <laughs> <laughs> I love reading. Albert. Yeah. Um, yeah, Harry so, Potter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love watching Harry Potter. Um and practicing the spells. No, like anything, reading, just anything like that. Yeah. Any downtime. Mm. Yeah. Which is so important. I think the first thing that gets sliced away from the the busy self-employed fitness instructor London life is the making sure you have downtime. Yeah, 100%. For me anyway. And any sort of like massage as well, whether it's self massage or like reflexology, any sort of mm. any sort of touch and release. Yeah, yeah, so nice. Um, and what's your experience, if you want to talk about it, with like your journey with therapy as a mm. client or any kind of healing yeah. that you've experienced? Wow, yeah. Um, so I, I feel really lucky in a way because I don't know my I'm half American so I feel mm-hmm. like in the States there's been an acceptance around therapy maybe uh for longer than there has in the UK totally and sort of talking about feelings and stuff like that so <laughs> that was like <laughs> yeah yes my mom was very like out there with emotion and like, yeah. she actually was a journalist she, she'd interview things like which she'd wrote about sex and health and mm. alternative therapies and so that was very present in my life growing up and um I when I was younger I I didn't really have like a happy home it it, it wasn't it was very what you'd probably describe as dysfunctional and it was difficult but um and there was a stage when I was probably around six 
that I just didn't sleep and I was I really struggled to sleep and I would cry and then no one would sleep because I would disrupt the whole house mm -hmm. but this went on for months like okay. it was quite disturbing time for for everyone and so my mum took me to see a therapist so and I I, I remember this therapist really clearly even to this day like he was he sat cross-legged on the chair and he had like this green three like a very like drop dead fred style suit happening <laughs> yeah and i just remember him so clearly and he he taught me this anchor thing which is where you squeeze your the the space in between your thumb and index mm. finger which i now know is really good for relieving anxiety but when you do that you <laughs> both, yeah, both, both like, of us just doing it. it i was like oh come try on, it, quick, it, we try, try it, it. <laughs> you think about something you love or something that makes you really happy. Mm. So then every time you squeeze it, you build that connection. So anytime you feel distressed, you you associate that with that happy place. Mm -hmm. Um and slowly but surely I kind of came out and I came out of that hole of not sleeping and started to sleep again. So I think that from a really early age, it, the seed was planted that therapy is an option and it's okay and it's really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I never thought much about that because it was just like I say it was very normal in my household right that, that was that was the thing yeah you happens. going to therapy wasn't uh something you know something to brush under the carpet or not tell the neighbors it was like it, it seemed so normal it was fine and normal yeah yeah it seems so normal so as much as my upbringing was was pretty hectic and difficult i'm so grateful for that kind of awareness of just mental health from such an early age mm -hmm. so then fast forwards and I, I also think that that was a really early that was teaching me the connection between the body and the mind, right? Mm. Press your thumb and index yeah. finger and this happens to your mind. Yeah. Which was from really early age, like how connected the two things are. Yeah. So then fast forward to my, um, like, 20, around 20. So I've always loved to be active, like I said, and dance around, have a lots of fun. Mm -hmm. But um, when I got to 20, a bit like you, Chris, like with the broccoli and the chicken yeah. I just became really restrictive and yeah. I got diagnosed with what it was called bulimia type 2 at the time but I think now it's orthorexia which is kind of similar to what you were saying with that very restrictive food intake super um I don't like the word obsessive but you know focus like training yeah, schedule yeah obsessive is it, it, yeah it, I mean that's it, for, that was my was experience it well. was yeah. yeah it was for me as well so I got really, really ill and um, to the point that I I just remember calling re rehab centres, crying and being like, mm. can you come in? Can I come? And wow. they're like, a million pounds a minute, you know, and obviously <laughs> yeah. I couldn't afford to go yeah. to one. But I was like, you don't understand that I'm not going to survive this. Like, I wow. need, I need help. I need to come. And I was just completely desperate. I was so so low um and just in this world of this eating disorder and so unfortunately the nhs waitlist was quite extensive mm -hmm. at, which it still is and um the difficulty is when you're bulimic or you've got a binge eating disorder or something like that because you're ugh, bmi even though that's an awful measure but you because of those things aren't aren't necessarily you're, you're not going to necessarily drop dead because of your weight. Mm -hmm. That it's not necessarily prioritised. Right. But the thing is, you a lot of people take their lives or they can't k keep up with the mental turmoil of it all. Yeah. So I was really distressed, but I was waiting for that appointment, and I'm really lucky because my dad 
then I think paid for six CBT sessions for me, mm-hmm. maybe six or 12 sessions it, while I was waiting. So I was literally uh, at rock This bottom. needs to happen now. Um, so I was really lucky. So CBT, um, in the like, some people have got their opinions on CBT, but it, it saved my life. Wow. Like it really did. And I cannot actually get over how much I recovered from that. Mm. Like how far away I am from that person. Um, you know, like I spoke to my, we, I was talking about achievements with my sister and all, and I was like, well, when I did the marathon, and she's like, Jess, your biggest achievement is getting through that. Yeah. I, but I was, I'm so detached from it now, I don't even think about it really. Um, and that's what then wanted, I wanted to really make a difference in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. Because at the time when I was in that place of over-exercising and restricting, there were a lot of encouraging voices in my ear. Yeah. Scarily. You look great, babe. I know, and I don't know if you had that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, definitely. It, completely, like it's much. I think it's no, the experience as a female in just the world is like <laughs> not not comparable to for, to. But my experience as a man, but you do you get like a you look great, babe, or wow, you're suddenly so ripped, and then. For me, it was like, don't you dare lose this now because exactly. people expect you to be ripped. Yeah, and it's, it's, they were literally praising my illness and I was yeah. like, well, I can't go back to what I was or what I looked like or, you know, any of that stuff. And it was, yeah, I, I, so I can't believe the voices in the, in, you know, coming from class instructors as well, not just people at the gym, yeah. people that were, are professionals. Yeah. I told one that my periods had stopped, for example, and she was like, oh, well, you're not planning to have kids anytime soon. Like, doesn't Ooh. literally, like, I couldn't believe it. So yeah. anyway, so that was what I, even though I went through that, I still had this real love for movement and exercise. And I was like, I want to go into that industry and... But, but make a difference. Make a difference. Try not to let people get to that point. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so therapy at that stage completely helped, really, really helped me. Yeah. But then fast forward again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so that was in my early 20s. And then I moved to London. So that basically I moved to London. My dad died very suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going through a breakup. Lots of stuff was going on. I'd literally just moved to London. I didn't really know anyone. And one girl who had moved with um, was starting a job from scratch. And I was like first priority I'm gonna find a therapist because I'm so on my own here. Yeah. And and weeks, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like nothing at all. But when I moved to London after the death of my dad, my mum then got diagnosed with um, an uncurable cancer. Mm-hmm. So I just moved and I felt so lost and didn't know where to go home to be with my mom. I was just in this place. So I needed that person. And uh so I started t- seeing a therapist again who then help me understand what I was going through now but also what I've been through in the past because that's something that with CBT it's great but it doesn't necessarily go go there no so yeah so she then I I was with this therapist literally until lockdown wow like for years mm-hmm. worked with her for years worked through the grief of my dad and and then my mom and just everything because it's just hard being a human isn't it so I just <laughs> think like therapy's amazing yeah so, she she was just my rock for, for actually for years. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, 
things like yoga. Mm-hmm. I did I did yoga training. Yeah. There's shout out to my amazing teacher in Canada called Ryan and his magical little yoga studio in Saskatoon and actually my best friend said about the healthy space wow you can create a space or you can hold spaces for people that how you feel when you go to Ryan's studio yeah um so I think yeah yoga and therapy have played a massive part in Mm -hmm. my life um yeah so and then I had another therapist in lockdown so I've had four in total yeah um and I just I don't yeah I wouldn't be who I am without it wow what Thank you. I'm just honestly sat here astounded. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It seems so. What an what a, a benefit to your life, you know. Reaching out that 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 moment when you were six and just normalizing mm. asking for help when you need it. Yeah. Um. Then how incredible when you were twenty, you being you calling the. The, maybe the, yeah. the two, two elite AM rehab program for your fa- for the financial situation you had, but like for you to be like, hang on, this needs to. Yeah, I need help. I need a minute right now. You yeah. need to help me. Yeah, yeah, um, I and think that's I, incredible. Do you know what as well, Chris? I like because I, I understand as well. Um, I'm lucky that I've had the means to do that, but actually, what I've no- what I know because one of the biggest obstacles to therapy is the cost, and I hate. The, the lack of access. Yeah. But the more I've looked into it, I just want people to know that there are loads of options out there yeah. as well. And it doesn't always have to be a really expensive therapist. You know, you get people like me that were doing their training that are perfectly supported yeah. um, for like 10, between 10 and 20 pounds a session, mm-hmm. which I know is still a lot for a lot of people, but it's not always that like high end sort of, bougie therapist that you need yeah do you know what I mean there are options and then in, if like 10 to 20 pounds is still unaffordable there are lots of charities that will do sort of 6 to 12 sessions for free mm-hmm. completely for free amazing Um, there's so much stuff out there so yeah. I just yeah I hate the financial o- obstacle yeah. to it but there are options that I, I didn't really know about yeah that are out there and you have an amazing which I have used uh, an amazing highlight on your Instagram explaining all that and all the resources which yeah. um is so wonderful for so many people to access. Yay. Um we have to talk about one thing and yeah. that is the human that is growing inside you. Oh, I have to just <laughs> don't wonder. Um so you're seven? Seven six? and a bit. Seven and a half um, pregnant. How has being pregnant, if it has or hasn't, how yeah. has it influenced what the message you're putting out has it influenced where you see the future of what you yeah. want to be doing? How do you think it's gonna affect? Mm, it's so, that's such an interesting question. No, like um, I think I think because I I mean I've been with my partner for over a decade. We decided to wait to have children to this point Mm because my job and focus has been really important to me and it is scary as a woman especially a woman who uses her body for a living yeah to sort of take that step back or whatever um I think for me though it just made me feel even more determined and sort of so I think whatever a mom wants to do whether they're super passionate about being at home and and looking after their children full time and you know 
being really present or whether they want to set up their own little business Mm -hmm. or whether they want to continue with their career whatever it is I think for me it's so important to do what you want not what you think you should do Mm. so and and celebrate that because I think for me I want my child to grow up knowing that you can do and be anything you want and and I did that too yeah I don't want them to think oh mum says that but she didn't do that right yeah so it's really important for me that whatever you want to do and that's different for everyone yeah 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 but do it and that is something I think is so ingrained and so conditioned is what's right for or what's right for one person is not going to be right for you or what's right for you is not going to be right for that person even if it's right for 10 other people if it's not right for you you're not weird or wrong or or rebellious or lazy or anything you're just that's your truth and that's what you want to do completely and how tough it is to hold on to what you want to do and who you are when there's such a blanket conditioning for every aspect of our life on Mm. the whole it's, it's, it's so tough. And I think that there's so much narrative around mum guilt. Like, it's always guilt, guilt, guilt. Yeah. Whether you're... And there's no dad guilt and there's ever. There's no dad guilt. <laughs> there's no dad guilt. I know, exactly. And Yeah, literally half his as well. It, it, exactly. It, half the child. Half the child. Yeah. And I, I'm... I mean, do you know what? I was going to say I'm really lucky because my partner takes... You know, is is that person? But I'm like, I'm not lucky. That's yeah. That's we both made this. Yeah, we were both there. It's a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team decision. Um, so I think in terms of that, in terms of like career and social media, just really staying true to what I want, and that might change. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. But just knowing that, um, modeling that you can be what you want to be and do what you want to do, and and. I'm not just telling you that to, you know, bring you up to having hope. I, I'm showing it. Yeah. I think that's I think that's important to me. And I think it's given me a little bit more of a fire in my belly, actually. I think some days I get even more, like, ranty about... I think because I found out I'm having a girl. Mm-hmm. Like... Congratulations. Thank you. Like, that's... Well, that's the sex assigned at birth. Yeah. That's what we know at this point. And just, I think it's made me more even more aware of the kind of the body stuff in the fitness industry mm-hmm. and the kind of inequalities or just anything like that I feel even more passionate yeah and I was pretty passionate anyway. before <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I feel like oh my gosh there's so much more to do in the world yeah 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 oh well if anyone can do it you can I don't know I... <laughs> but I mean it definitely has given me like an extra flame yeah yeah Ooh, love it yeah Oof. Um, I mean, ask me in a few months, I'll be nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that flame's yeah. gone. Yeah. you would be like, oh, just... It's yeah. fizzled. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm just going to stay at home with the kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll do, I'll do what I can in the next month. Yes. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you can delegate. I'll do, I'll, yeah, I'll, do as, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I'm guilty pleasures with Christopher Hall. Jess, so what you're holding in your hand <laughs> is a... <laughs> is a little bar of Nomo chocolate. Now, Nomo are wonderful and they are sponsoring this episode of the podcast, which is so kind of them. Yeah. Um, We love Nomo. It is allergen-free, so it's dairy, gluten, egg, and nut-free. Have you tried this before? I haven't. I've seen it before and I've wanted to try it, so I'm very excited. And I'm right in... 
my knowledge that you are a vegan. Well, I am. Well, I try, try to be not- as much like, as I can. Oh, but there was a little... <laughs> no, I didn't cave. I did crave meat in my first trimester. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't cave. I didn't cave, but I have had a bit more dairy. I know. It but I try to make conscious choices as yeah. much as possible. As as that's all we can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you have a whole a whole little bar to yourself of the caramel. A caramel's no-mo. the best, isn't it? No I can't anything. Um open it up. We have a little little tea break here oh at Guilty Pleasure. Where we can um just cheers a little uh, a little bite of chocolate together. Are you doing it too? I'm gonna do all it. Alright, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Better that than is I, so good. Be- <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's actually better than I remember it. That's it, amazing. It's really good, isn't it? That caramel's dreamy. Yeah. Oof. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Got your hook now. How? I mean, why would you not make vegan choices when they're like that? Do you know what I mean? Come on. Really? Come on. These are good. I'm not missing out. <laughs> <laughs> No, you are not. No, you are not. Um, thank you so much, Nobo. Wow, We're going to finish these off the air. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Pause. Pause. That's so nice, isn't it? Isn't it, good? it? Oh, I love it. I love um, the caramel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Woo. Thanks, Nobo. So, Jess, there is one last thing I need to ask you. Yep. Here on On Guilty Pleasure, we're all about ridding ourselves of guilt of things that just, in our own little weird and wonderful ways, we just like to do. Mm. Um, so, if you were to say, like, oh, a fish finger sandwich with hundreds of thousands sprinkles on the top <laughs> is my guilty pleasure. Yeah. That is now your unguilty pleasure. That is now your unguilty pleasure. (laughs) Um, So I have the power to rid all guilt. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Rid it from your, whatever your pleasure is. What would you say is your unguilty pleasure? So, do you know what? I actually think that I don't feel that guilty anymore about a lot of things. I own a lot. Get it. Yeah. Get it. Like anything, anything Britney related, I'm... This is a Britney Unapologetic. house. It's a Britney house. I will here. read every comment on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine about that. All the emojis. <laughs> all the, all the cryptic. All the cryptic. Like she's wearing red. Like, all yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, One, I, something I adore is <laughs> everything knee. So like when she's like dancing, it's like twelve knee. Yeah. And when she's like <laughs> um, when she was painting, it'd be like artist knee, paint knee. Yeah. I just that I just think that is too good. The it's internet too, is so, so good, good sometimes. So I feel like going into Britney scroll holes was at one point something that I thought I'd feel guilty about, but I don't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be deep. Okay, so... Ooh, like the ocean. Let's go. I I love a bit of trash TV. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that annoys me is like, for example, can I name names? Uh, of... <laughs> of like TV shows. Oh, name them. Name them. Okay, <laughs> So, for example, Love all, Island. All TV execs listen to this podcast, by the way. They say, be careful. <laughs> the head of the BBC is a subscriber. <laughs> I, I know it. That's why I'm being cagey. No, but go. Love Island. So, it fundamentally conflicts with so many of my beliefs. 
Like the, oh. the patriarchal beauty standards, the the heteronormativity of it uh, all. It it really conflicts so much. I, I am aghast because you are literally drawing words out of my brain yeah. of, of how of my feelings go. And everything about me should not like it and yeah. should boycott it at all costs. Yet every night at nine o'clock bar Saturdays, <laughs> there and on, I am. And on Saturdays, I'm... I'm fully annoyed. I'm fully, I'm fully annoyed vexed too. that it's not on. I don't. They don't need a day off. They they don't. Yeah. I don't. I. They're I'm... on holiday. It's not <laughs> Big Brother. It's not even the Big Brother house where they're like trapped. I know. You're in Mallorca, like this Living feels. Best life. Give me a Saturday episode. And what else do they think we're doing on a Saturday night? <laughs> I'm not. We're <laughs> I'm not, not out. Doing anything. <laughs> I'm just sitting at home annoyed. Yeah. So yeah, Love Island is definitely. Definitely an unguilty pleasure. Yeah, love it. I feel when it started this year, I feel so many people were like, it's not, although it has, there has been some things that this year that have actually, I have been like, I really didn't like that. Yeah, um, but when it started, everyone was like, oh my God, I'm not going to watch it. It's still too straight. It's still too this. It's still too this. All true. All true. All true. But guys, sit down and just watch it. Sit down and watch just it. Just sit down all, and watch it. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you just need to sit down just and watch submit. it. Just, <laughs> just, just surrender. surrender. <laughs> just surrender. So that is definitely something that I'm conflicted about. Yeah. But definitely enjoy. Yeah. Chris, you feel the same. That makes me feel better. Totally. It's I like sat down and I was like, this is, this is not okay anymore. But here it is. But my, I'm not fear gonna do though, any- my fear is, Chris, if they try to push the boundaries mm. and change it. Yeah. For example, if I walk down in my bikini, <laughs> right? And I don't look like those girls, for example. Um, but then no one steps forward or no. It, I'm scared that it, it would then like reiterate messages. Well, yeah. That that this whole Slash thing. Also, needs to Jess, be... I'm sure you look stunning. I mean, in a come on. Yeah, but... I mean, I'm not like putting myself down, but as in, like, I haven't. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. At this stage in my life, I've learnt my lesson. I'm not going to restrict myself for like ten yeah. months before going on a yeah, in yeah. a bikini, getting in a bikini. So, you know, but I mean, even I'm a slim, cisgendered, white, able-bodied human. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. But I just worry that if they push the boundaries, it would it would they wouldn't have the footage amplify to, yeah, yeah, yeah. the horrendous messages that we. You're right. To. Nobody would step forward, or oh. nobody would be. Or she'd be a bit weird. Do you know what I couldn't... But like, it was when Sharon was in there and they kept being like, like you're a bit, like, much. Um, you're a bit too career-driven was one of the oh comments. Oh, my gosh. Like, she's a bit too, like, out... Like, pers- she had, wasn't it, like, basically, she's got too much personality? And I was like, whoa, whoa. this is <laughs> not okay. I was like, she's a bit too career-y. Oh, I was my like, gosh. Guys, 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 please. No, I know. Awful. But we, but we love it. But we do watch it. But we do watch it. And I, you know. At least we know. We know. We know that it's a social, we, we know that we know what it is. But I do love any sort of social experiment, even when it's kind of tweaked. Any sort of reality, like the circle, big brother, yeah. I'm Ugh. into it. I was, I was fully, big brother in the heyday. Oh yeah. Davina McCall. Classic. Nine, 10 o'clock. Channel four, four, yeah. Series like three to seven, eight. The way I every night, the twenty-four hour feed, the Big I Brother's little brother, 
with the then, birds in the background yeah, to center it. <laughs> then the evi- like eviction night in it's, it's heyday was huge. Huge, huge. 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 I remember once, I can't remember who it was, but someone, you know when they have to... They have a surprise eviction, or there was like maybe there was like a scare in London. I can't remember. They had no crowd, and I felt awful for them because that is your moment. That's that your was, moment. Yeah, before the social media, before <laughs> yeah. any of this, like if you were on Big Brother, you were a big deal. You were big, and they walked out the door, and it was like crickets. Oh. <laughs> there was like no one. And I was like, honey, so that sorry. whole thing was a waste of time. I know, so sorry. This, this was it. This literally was your eviction. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, well, Jess, you may watch all the reality TV you need Thank to. Thank you. And as always, we will consider, we will continue to support Miss Britney Jean Spears in everything she does. In everything she every does. Every endeavour. Yeah. Can I also say one other thing that I want to... I want the... Uh, Ridding guilt fairy to yeah. I want you to wave your magic one over yeah. for everyone listening for me as well. I think that say if you take comfort in having a chocolate bar or some ice cream on a Friday night, I think that there's so much shame that exists around that, Eat it. and shame then creates behaviours like binging or or getting into these sort of toxic behaviours. But just enjoy it. Mm. If you like food can provide a lot for our body but it can also provide something for your mind yeah. and the more we kind of own it and accept it and take the guilt out of it the more that's it's just it comes and goes yeah it's just freer just it's free. just easier so you know have your ice cream and watch Love Island on a Friday and don't worry about it don't worry about it yeah I love it I love it Jess thank you so so much for being here that was such a treat I adore seeing you whenever I do but it was so wonderful to have you here uh, on the pod yeah thanks Um, for having me can I ask you one question you may what have you done or what are you going to do to feel good this week I have actually um, not drunk alcohol all week (gasps) wow which I'm in a I'm in literally it's two heads of the coin because I adore not drinking and I adore drinking. Right, yeah. Like, the benefits, everything about not drinking, yeah. everything about it, I love. Yeah. I also love to party. Yeah. So, but this week I've seen a huge, I've just seen, uh, July was quite, mad. I think with the lockdown but, lift yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. a lot. I had some weddings, all good stuff. But I was like, you need to just do this this week. Yeah. And I've had a great week. Yeah. A great love week. Love that. Just got my You're ducks glowing. in a row. Oh you got your ducks oh in a row. Oh my God, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's what I've done. Love that. Um, also Love Island, also chocolate, also all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're, where can people find you online? Because as I said, you have so many, you're such a wonderful person to follow in general but you've got the great resources on there for finding a therapist and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So where can people find you? Yeah, so my Instagram is at McKeeJess. It's actually, uh, I've actually had to make it private now that I've qualified. Fine, but fine, fine, at fine. The Healthy Space UK Love it. is my public profile. And I'm going to put the therapy resources and everything onto that one. Mm-hmm. And also Ugly Runners Club. Amazing. So, yeah, either of those. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much, Jess. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Unguilty Pleasure is produced by Felix. Check her out at basement.space. The theme tune is written and performed by Jordan Lavinia at Jordan Lavinia on IG. And the cover-up for the podcast is by Alex Codd at It's Art Babes. Go show some love and support. Thank you so much. (laughs) 